All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the sixth episode of Gen CEO. Uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, Dr. Gilmore is in the building. I know this month is actually mental uh, awareness month. So this is actually needed. Uh, this is my personal therapist and she has helped me uh, get through so, so much uh, with her powerful voice and just being very straightforward. And I think a lot of my peers uh, will definitely use her message as beneficial. So how are you doing today, Dr. Gilmore? I'm doing well, dear. How are you? You staying safe in the midst of this mess? I, I am. I am. I had a little scare, um, but I'm back at it, you know, just trying to treat myself well and, and choose myself first, like you always tell me to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. God is good. You got to, to thy own self be true is what I always tell you. Ain't nobody going to do like you but Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely. So I know that you wanted to come on today um, mm -hmm. and touch on a specific topic. The topic today is breaking generational curses within our culture, the uh, African-American culture uh, in particularly because our culture is most often overlooked in a sense of mental health. Uh, there's such a stigma behind it. Um, <clears throat> black folks don't go to therapy because I ain't crazy. You know, ain't nothing wrong with me or the infamous what go on in my house, stay in my house, as our mm. mothers and aunties and grandmothers have so often implanted in us, you know. But what we neglect to really think about, there's a bigger picture here, you know. Every family has something going on. And if we don't break the stigmata of going to talk to somebody or developing the trust of being able to release this stuff and not lying to yourself, which is called cognitive distorted thinking, when you're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, that's insanity, knowing that you have a problem. And then you develop another problem, like self-medicating with drugs and alcohol, because mama said, don't say what's going on in my house, you know, but you got some serious issues. So you grow up with that same mentality and it carries you, it haunts you for the rest of your life. Whatever is going on in this house stays in this house. Like, where do you think that started from and how did that become just such a generational curse time after time? Well, most often black folks didn't have anybody but each other. You know, I could go all the way back from a slavery period, I could, but I'm not gonna even do that. We have had people, grandmamas and aunties and so on and so forth, where, you know, families were, they had somebody who was uh, mentally or emotionally dare I say it, impaired. And there has been incest and molestation and rape. And dare you not go and report that because that means that somebody was going to have to face the fact that this uncle or this auntie or this cousin has a mental health issue that's not been diagnosed. Mm. And uh, the grandmother or the auntie or whomever, the parent of this particular person has been in denial of the situation and never wanted to deal with it for whatever the reason. So now we have this emotionally and mentally impaired individual in a home and they're raping and they're and it, it, there's incest babies and they're just running amok amongst the family, but you can't say nothing. But then the second, the first generation that this individual hurt, you know, they can't say anything because now they've grown up with all of their mental and emotional issues. And then now we have a generation of hurt people hurting people within your own home, let alone within your own culture. Because mm -hmm. rape and incest, all of these things are learned behavior. All of these things are learned behavior. And it had to start someplace. And so where do we normally go when we leave the hospital? We go home. 
Mm. People are in our home and in our environment are our first teachers, right? Wrong mm -hmm. or different. And whatever we learn there, it becomes who we are. We become developed and, 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 and evolved into and engulfed in within our culture and within our home systems. And if nobody ever told us what we were learning was wrong, then how would we know what was right? It's not until we either be, become an adult or we uh, get in trouble with the law or we get into a relationship and we see something different or you go away to school or you go to the military. It isn't until you get older and you see different and you uh, view different. It's like, well, you know better, you do better. Well, you don't know what better looks like unless you've either seen it or experienced it. But before that better happened, that was your better. That was what you knew. That was what you were taught. Now, now, does that transfer to, um, you know, having your relatives say, oh, you think you better than me now? You think you, you think you better than me because you learned a little something or you think this is not the right way? Is that the, is that a form of that? It is. Actually, that's a form of mental abuse. I, I, that, I actually get that question quite a lot to a lot of individuals who reach out to me who actually, let's say, for the lack of a better term, escape the hood. They decided that they didn't want to be uh, part of the stigma of being a baby mom or a typical baby daddy or, you know, uh, being a street hustler or a pole professional, if you will. You know, they just decided that, you know, well, I'm going to go to the military is my only way out or I'm going to go to college. And they did it. They stuck to it and they achieved whatever level of success that they are. And then trying to go back into that family dynamic, you know, being who you are now, you're not received. That is emotional abuse. That is mental abuse as well because all you know is that family dynamic. And what you're trying to do is come back and say, hey, you know what? I made it. You know, you want to be received. These are the things that are browbeaten into you from the time you start here start. Get your butt up and go to school. You got to take your butt to school. Get good grades. You need to go, oh, you don't make something of yourself. You're not going to be like cousin such and such or mm -hmm. uncle so-and-so or auntie hoo-ha. You're not going to be like that. And then when you grow up and you do it and you come back home, you're not even received. Mm. You know, you look down upon the cousins that you share bed with, shared tubs with, got the same whoopings, wore the same clothes and shoes. They're turning up their nose at you because they say, you think you better than me because you got an education. Explain that to me because I had the same opportunities you had. I got the same whoopings you got. Mm -hmm. You know, so so what is it about me that makes me so much better than you when you had the same opportunities? Don't let anyone put their self-hatred, their jealousy or their ill intent on your success, especially the family. Because remember, these are the people who put these things into you. And then when you prove the, their theory to be right, they're mad. Why? Because they didn't do it. Hmm. Okay. And they're bitter and broken within themselves. And then misery love company. Let's be real. Family will fuck you first. Why? Because they're closest to you. Mm. And most people tell you they want you to achieve, but they really don't. They really don't. They don't want you to have no more than what they got. It's called the crabs in the barrel syndrome. How dare you have more than what I have? How dare you come back and showboat it in my face? And then you lose your place within your family dynamic. And it's, 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 it's unnerving because you found you feel like, you know, I have to divorce my own family. I have to divorce my own culture because I'm not even received here. So now I have to find my own way and who I am. And then you left feeling bad because you went and made something out of yourself. Well, make it make sense. You've been telling me my whole life to go to school, get good grades and go to college and make something of myself. When I do it, when I come back, everybody hate me. 
That's that post-traumatic slavery disorder mentality that I keep talking about. We got to do better as a people, or we're going to continue to keep having these generational curses of hurt people hurting other people. Make it make sense. You continue to keep dragging and teetering the fence and trying to fit in your family dynamic and its dysfunction and trying to be the person that you work so hard to become. You're going to always be uh, confused. You're going to always be uh, straddling the fence about who you are and struggling with your identity when it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't matter if, if, if it's friend or family. If a person can't accept you for who you are and who you're becoming, then they're a hindrance. It doesn't matter if it's family. That's a good point that you made. But what if it's the opposite, right? So what if, you know, you're doing all of these things, but they don't believe in the career path that you're going into? <laughs> That's funny. I also went through that as well. Uh, most experiences that I'll tell you about uh, usually come from me or what I've heard. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's really pretty much the same ballgame. You have to live this life for you. And regardless of what anybody may have preconceived notions of what they think that you should be or trying to live them lives vicariously through you, at the end of the day, you are an individual with your own mind, your own brain, and your own thoughts. And if you continue to try to live for somebody else, you'll continue to be lost and be okay with it. You have to come to terms with who you are and what you are and be okay with every decision that you make, every mistake that you make. You got to be okay with all of it because this is what defies you. See, it's not in necessarily, you know, the destination. It's the journey. That's what defies you. That's what makes you. That's what gives you character. That's what builds your personality. That's what gives you your morals and your values on what you stand for. Because if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. So you have to make it up in your mind what you're willing to stand for. You know, family gonna be family. You know, they say you can choose, you can't, you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your family. That's for real. It's real. You gonna always be that cousin, that auntie, that daughter, that whomever. It doesn't matter. But you have to determine how they're going to address you. You know, I could be bitch, hoe, motherfucker. You think you're good <laughs> and all of that. It don't matter. Let's be real. Let's mm -hmm. be real because they would rather call you out your name than call you the name that's on your birth certificate because that's the family dynamic. That's to bring you down to who they are. But I'm going to tell you, like I tell everybody else that's listening to me, it ain't what you call, it's what you answer to. Mm -hmm. And when you get to a certain level in your life, if you keep answering to bitch, hoe, motherfucker, then that's what you're going to keep on being to them, bitch, hoe, motherfucker. So my point is, if you're going to call me anything, you better put doctor in front of Ooh, and that's on period. Got him right point blank, because I got tell to Dr. Gilmore. I uh, <laughs> got the battle scars for it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's be real. And then when you, when you position yourself not to continue to fall for the okie doke, people either they're going to understand how they can't come at you the same way or they're not going to come at you at all. So it almost seems like it's a double-edged sword. Respect is earned, not given. I'm not who I used to be. So you're going to have to choose lightly, wisely how you're going to approach me or don't approach me at all. And it keeps the bullshit away from you. Let's be real. It keeps it away from you. And more so now than ever because of the pandemic, we all need to be speaking to somebody. It's not even necessarily a cultural issue, but I speak more so to our people because we wasn't talking to nobody before this pandemic hit. But now that we have the situation that's occurring now, it's more prevalent to be able to say, hey, I need to, 
I need to be able to get some stuff off my chest. It, it, I'm already isolating. I'm to myself. Any other time I've had these issues, I've been able to put them in my back pocket and just keep it moving or stay busy or self-medicate. But now I'm in my house, you know, so all of the demons that I've been sticking in the closet are finally starting to come out. So mm -hmm. now it's time to say, you know what, if I don't do something about this, these issues or this issue or whatever it is that I'm dealing with right now, it's going to be the death of me. Mm -hmm. if, and I'm anybody that can hear my voice right now, if you want your greater to be better than your latter, it is imperative that you pick up the phone and you find somebody that you can talk to, preferably somebody you don't know. That way you won't have to worry about being judged or, or somebody going to go back and say something or they're going to hold it against me and all that. No, let's, let's get over that, that negative, uh, PTS slavery disorder mentality that we Ooh. have looking at it from a greater, greater perspective. You get one life. You came in here by yourself. When they, when you leave, you're going to be in that box by yourself. So you have to decide in this lifetime, what you want it to be. You can stop blaming mama, grandmama, father whomever were your child rearing guardians or if you didn't have any at all if you over the age 21 it's all about you because you can't move forward looking backwards you have to decide what it is that you want to do with your life right now and make it in your mind that you're going to do whatever it is that you set your mind out to do and do it do it you do it you do it true and do it to the best of your ability bottom line point blank period now, what does those symptoms look like uh, for someone that may tell themselves, okay, it's time to start seeking help? Well, it depends on the individual and, and what the situation is. I can break it down in the sense of experiences. So like the depression and the anxiety most often, that's, that's the most popular right now. So I'll use those two. So you have the uh, panic attacks, the rapid heart rate or fast heartbeat, the sweaty palms, or you feeling sweaty. Some people waking up out, they sleep. Um, the anxiousness, you're fidgety, you can't sit down or you're already isolating. So it's kind of hard to be able to say, well, I'm isolating because I'm quarantined. And well, that's the form of depression. If you isolating within your isolation, that's a form of depression. You know, you're not dealing with it. You're either excessive sleeping or not sleeping. You're excessive eating or you're not eating. You're restless. You're feeling um, uh, hopeless or, you know, you're crying all the time. You're dealing with some excessive guilt. There's several things that you could be dealing with and you're like, you know what? I'm good. I'm all right. I'm about to hit this blunt. I'm good. All right. I'm about to go to the store and get this fifth or this pint. I'm good. I'm all right. I'm about to call this uh, my side piece and uh, release this tension. But when once the pint is gone and the high is gone and that nut has dissipated, and you, <laughs> you still got the same issues you had before you made that cognitive distorted decision to go and self-medicate or self-soothe as opposed to saying, you know what, let me pick up this phone and let me call somebody because I got some stuff that's a little bit more deep rooted than I'm, I'm actually allowing myself to, to admit to, let me deal with this because I want to be able to be a better parent, a better spouse, mm -hmm. uh, a better friend, or just a better person to me. I want to know who I am. I want to know how to live with me because if I can't live with me and love me, how can the hell can I expect for somebody else to do it? Somebody else to do it. Amen to that. Amen to that. Now there's, there's one thing. It's a big step to, to reach out to a therapist, right? So for someone who may not feel like that, they have it in them to actually do that. What are some other necessary steps that they can do, you know, with themselves to work on themselves in the meantime? 
Well, if you're a spiritual person, you know, we always say pray, Grandma. I'm always say pray yourself through it. But you have to know um, what your weaknesses are. You have to know what your strengths are. I will say, first and foremost, if you came to a point to where you're not sure if you should seek uh, mental health or counseling, or whatever it is you're looking for, I say always speak to your primary care doctor. If you don't have one, damn it, get one. It's imperative that you get one because you will be able to express some of the issues that you have going on and they can always refer you or they can always help you. Now, I'm not an advocate for pill pushing. Oh, don't get mm -hmm. me wrong. Sometimes medication works, sometimes it don't. But I believe that if you're dealing with some emotional issues, then those are the emotional issues are things that you can change. I'm not talking about mental health. It's two different things. Mm -hmm. When you're dealing with some emotional issues, when you're able to get your emotions stabilized, you're able to deal with the mental health that's surrounding it. So talking to someone like a, a mental health provider or uh, reaching out to someone that you trust, letting them know, hey, I'm experiencing this, I'm experiencing that. Or if you don't feel like you trust anybody, start writing some stuff down documentation I believe is the most profound thing that you can do because you can always refer back to where you were at one point as opposed to where you are now and you can be able to measure if you're getting better if you're getting worse or things are still the same um, there's so many avenues free avenues especially now uh, with local nonprofit organizations state and federal government agencies that are willing to help individuals uh, everybody can get health insurance now, so that's no longer an issue. And as far as with me, I have a pro bono program where I'm seeing my people or people who are suffering um, for free. I see so many for free because I understand the importance of it. So, but you have to start somewhere. You just have to make that step. I I definitely agree. I know for me that it was actually, you know, hard to actually make that step, and it feels like stuff was over my shoulder like don't do it don't do it but once you do it it feels like the best decision you know that you ever made and how do you feel about those people who or what do you tell those people I should say who feel like you know they had a therapist in the first time it didn't work and they're just all saying you know therapy isn't for me therapy doesn't work for me because the one person that they had just wasn't you know the person that they were looking for Believe it or not, I get that question more often than, than many. And and I understand that because we're all, anybody that's in this human service field, we're all clumped together. Most often, you know, the first experience is like a, meeting somebody for the first time. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. And especially with African-Americans when it comes to therapy, if one screwed them over, all of us suck. You know, mm -hmm. and, and it's unfortunate, but if the person is taking it upon themselves to say, you know what, I want to reach out to someone, maybe I should try somebody that's uh, within my culture. Maybe I should try somebody that's the same sex as me because maybe they can kind of empathize and sympathize a little bit more. I believe it's more about knowing what you want how you want it and being able to research. I mean, you don't just go to a, to the mall, you know what store you want to go in, but you know, you know, you kind of have an idea what you want, what you want, but you got to kind of shop through and fish through and see what it is you want. It's just like buying a car and everything else. There's no one size fit all. Just because we have these various counselors, social workers, therapists, or whatever out here, everyone specializes differently everyone's experience is differently. So I would always say shop around. You know, don't let one experience ruin the fact that you still need the help. Um, go and find out what works for you and then find one that, that fits you and, and roll with it until the wheels fall. 
I think everybody needs to hear that because I, I, you know, I've, I find a lot of friends um, who say that and say, you know, therapy isn't for me. And I'm like, well, how do you know? Like, you know, you and I, I had two other therapists and was like, yeah, I can't, I can't do this. They don't work for me. But I didn't give up on therapy. I knew who worked for me. And I think everyone just needs to find out, you know, who worked for them. But, you know, we're going to wrap this up. This is like a little interlude that we'll have uh, bi- biweekly. Um, so what's a few gems uh, that we can leave with the listeners this week? Um, just to help them get through the next couple of weeks and to touching on your topic, you know, getting out of your own way. I like when the, I figured you was going to say getting out of your own way because we've been talking about that, but I was actually getting ready to say something about that. If you're seeking therapy because you want someone to give you a magic pill or magic word or some type of treatment to change everything, you are so sadly mistaken and you're going into it with the wrong mentality. So of course you're automatically going to be disappointed if you don't get what you're looking for. You have to be open and honest with yourself. The only one that can help you is you. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand that there's going to have to be some work done. You didn't become post-traumatic stress, slavery disordered overnight. You're not going to be fixed and healed overnight. It's going to be a process, but you have to start somewhere, but you have to be realistic in what it is that you want, how you want it, and and what work you're willing to put into in order to get to where you're trying to be. So I'll say this. I'm going to put my information out there. Again, my name is Dr. LaCara Gilmore. I uh, specialize in uh, clinical psychology, um, uh, marriage and family therapy, and all of it. You can reach me at 734 Four zero four eight seven two nine, or by email at the beautiful mind inc inc one word at gmail.com you can also find me on psychology today please 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 if you don't call me call somebody it is imperative it's bad enough that this pandemic is taking our people out by the droves now it's time for us to start lifting up each other because if you look around and turn on the tv nobody else is doing it Mm-hmm. So you have to start with you. You have to be the change that you want to see in the world. God bless everybody. And thank you Ms. Blue, for this opportunity. Thank you so much. There you have it, my fellow Gen CEOs. You are not tapped into Gen CEO. Everyone stay blessed and stay black.